guys, thank you for once again tuning in to the Fantasy Fucking Football Podcast. I am Jimmy, this is Justin. Um, I don't know if you've heard in the news lately about um, Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, but Melvin Gordon is a confirmed holdout. Yes. And Ezekiel Elliott is not yet confirmed to hold out, but it seems very likely, and quite frankly, it makes a lot of practical sense for him to do so. Um, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> yeah, those are those are two of the top guys, so that changes up a lot of the first round. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, considering he's official, I think maybe we can more talk about that. Uh, Zeke, I guess, you know, if that becomes official, we'll save that for a future episode. Of course, yeah. But Melvin Gordon has, a, I think, a huge effect on the offense, him not being there, obviously. And, I mean, if you're the Chargers, how would you handle that situation? Pay him. You would just pay him? Yeah. You can't I wouldn't pay him until he's 30. Like, I give him a three or a four year deal, and I make sure he's the highest paid running back in that three, four year stretch. Who are they paying on that team, realistically? Rivers, Keenan Allen. They don't got paid Bosa yet. Bosa, they want to pay for three years. Yeah, he also hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's the problem with him. He always gives him at least 12 great games, but, you know, those are. Those are I mean, listen, those I, are four I, games I would you pay him, him for. and I protect him. Like, you know, got to use Justin Jackson, got to use Austin Eckler. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, he's following, it seems, the, uh, let's see if he's willing to take it as far as Le'Veon Bell. I don't think anybody really is willing to do that. Le'Veon Bell, he got the guaranteed dollars. Well, I was about to say, anyone that was willing to take it that far probably saw what happened in the offseason and said, oh, well, that's not worth it. Remember, Bell thought he was going to get five years, $100 million. Yes. He got but, four years, 52. Yeah, and he, he got, but he got more guaranteed money. He got, like, four times the amount of guaranteed money he felt. He, that he should have yeah, but he would have earned the other money. Even if it wasn't guaranteed he's still living on Bell, he would have gotten it. Yeah, but I guess it's the principle. I guess there's a certain point where it's like... Well, yeah, especially when you tear tear an ACL. Is that the next thing when your legs are made out of chopsticks, like Melvin Gordon? These are the types of things maybe you want. Chopsticks, he says. Chopsticks. What? That guy's a top five running back, my friend. We well, want to talk about Saquon's. I mean... Listen, chopsticks are one of the, the top five eating utensils in the world as well, but doesn't mean they don't break easily. Melvin Gordon does not break easily either. Melvin Gordon's... You he's go got ahead. a few injuries. He's got a few injuries. They're all lower body injuries. That's the problem. It's always a lower body injury. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, he goes off. Melvin Gordon in a place. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. No, but like, like I Last said... Last year was the best year of his career. And he still got hurt. Yeah. So, I mean... Obviously, if he stays healthy, it's a beautiful thing, but uh, that's probably why part of the reason he's holding out is because he realizes, oh, wait, getting hit by linebackers uh, does this type of thing to you. Sure. And uh, they do give him the ball quite a bit as well, so he's going to get more touches than almost every running back in the league at a certain point, or at least, you know, the majority of the league, I'm going to say almost every, because, you know, you have guys like Ezekiel Elliott and uh, not Todd Gurley anymore, most likely. But Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much that. Um, you got the next guy's coming up. He's mixing to the one's payday. Mixon? Yeah. Like Joe Mixon? Yeah. He has no right to ask for a payday. He doesn't want to the AFC in, the, in rushing. Like, this is the thing with the running backs. Like, you, if you're a running back, you could be... Joe Mixon led the AFC in rushing last year? Yeah. Really? Yes. What a sad state of affairs, because he wasn't that good. Uh, he had a... Rushing totals, he was good. He wasn't good all around, and like Melvin Gordon missed a couple games for He would have been equally as good as anybody back in the NFC. Yeah. Which is hard, but you think of the top four running backs, they're all NFC. The AFC is literally relegated to like the six, seven. Like Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, maybe Nick Chubb. Well, yeah, now that you're mentioning it, you're right. It is all NFC backs. I've never even looked at it. I've never even separated it by conference like that when I looked at it. Yeah, and now you mention it. James Conner, though? 
No, James Conner missed the last four games, remember? Wow. Jalen Samuels was impressive, and they just never gave the Rock to Conner the same way. Conner come back? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's irrelevant now, because he's, uh, he's healthy as we go into training camp, and uh, we are almost there at training camp. We actually are there. Like, literally, like, four teams started training camp today. Oh, I'm talking about once everybody is in training camp. I'm talking about when all the training camp reports are coming out. We're having all these discussions just about two weeks too early. Oh, but but it is what it is. Everyone's having these discussions. Uh, everyone's excited for fantasy. So I think uh, without further ado, we should uh, get to some of what we're talking about today. Uh, some of the topics we want to cover today. Uh, we want to hit, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Bears drafted running back. Third round, correct? By the name of David Montgomery. A lot of industry experts are really, uh, really big on him. Uh, so we want to talk about uh, him and uh, essentially discuss whether or not he's the back-to-own in Chicago. Mike Williams, another hot name this offseason. Tyrell Williams leaving the Chargers. Hunter Henry coming back. Is Mike Williams poised for a break? Poised? Poised. Yeah. Poised. Is Mike Williams poised for a breakout year? And then finally, we want to talk about what we can expect out of David Johnson this year. And those will be three questions that we're going to go a little back and forth. We don't know if we agree or disagree yet. We haven't really discussed it much ahead of time. So, yeah. uh... It's going to be a fun episode, guys. I'm really hoping we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, well, as always, if you have any questions you want to see answered on the show, shoot our DMs, and we'll be happy to consider those. Hit those comments on YouTube, on, on Instagram, you know, anywhere you can get a hold of us. Uh, we're not too big yet, so we still see everything. Yeah, so even when we're big, I'm going to try and see everything, but I doubt it. You can't. You just can't. It's probably it's really probably not possible. I'm probably not healthy at a certain point to be looking at everything at a certain point. No. No, it's not healthy to do it. I just said as, at, in a certain point, like three times in like the course of like, you know, ten seconds. Yeah. At yeah. a certain point. At a certain point. So at a certain no point we should probably start. And uh, I think without further ado, let's get start. into David Montgomery. Okay, so I just want to make sure I have this question 100% clear. Yeah. On the wording of this, because this will change my answer. Okay. Is David Montgomery the back to own in Chicago? Yes. The question, okay. I just want to make sure that's 100% how, how this is worded. Yeah. Because it did not doesn't change the fact that I stand by David Montgomery as the back to own in Chicago. But I will say there are two very, very, very startable running backs on the Chicago Bears this so season. So your answer is yes, he is. David Montgomery is going to be the bell cow, and I think David Montgomery has the highest upside on the Chicago Bears up- offense. Okay. Like, possibly overall. Okay. And Tariq Cohen is definitely going to have a very large role in this offense. I don't know if you've looked into the Vegas situation, like if you look into betting, the Vegas or anything like that. But the betting, the bets are starting to come in a little bit on who people think are going to be the MVP. Yeah. And do you know who's leading that? Consider the odds, too. It's not, it's not elite quarterback. It's not Mitchell Trubisky. It's 100% Mitchell Trubisky. I am tired of that bullshit talk that we're getting. Has one game with six touchdowns. More bets have been placed on Mitchell Trubisky to win the MVP this year than any other player in the NFL right now. Wow. And I'm going to start by saying that this is going to enhance my argument. You want to take guys with good quarterbacks in fantasy football. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky is a good quarterback. MVP? I don't know. (laughs) You might as well well take your $20 bill and wipe your ass with it, but... Continue. If they if they win twelve games, there's a weird chance the NFL gives it to Trubisky if he has a few highlight plays. This is why guys yeah. just get awards not deserving. Yes, and I think for a quarterback like Trubisky to have a guy like David Montgomery there to really enhance what he does and take the pressure off him, 
and then also have a running back of Tariq Cohen that he could check it down to and get himself out of trouble. Yeah. I think those are it's a very, very good one two punch. Honestly, the quality in which we haven't seen, I'm not comparing David Montgomery to the player I'm about to name. Yeah. It's totally different. But in terms of a one two punch, this is the Danny Tomlinson and Darren Sproles like. In terms, okay, of, this, in terms, in terms of, of what they bring to the offense. Hmm. Not, I'm not saying David Montgomery's a Danny Thompson, but hear me out here. Okay. Last year, Jordan Howard had the six most attempts in the NFL with 250. Yes. Matt Nagy comes from the Andy Reid um, coaching tree. Yeah. David Montgomery, you watch him play his pro comparisons to Reed Hunt. Like, it is without a doubt, and I'm going to tell you why. Seven of, 710 of his rushing yards came after contact in 2018. In fact, Jordan he, Howard you're referring to. No, David Montgomery now. Okay. In fact, the Cincinnati, Ohio native became the all-time leader in forced missed tackles in the Pro Football Focus era with 104 missed, forced missed tackles. That's interesting. This guy does not go down on the first hit. Emphasis on the Kareem Hunt measurables and comparison. Like, I mean, I didn't say the measurables, but I'm going to say them now. 4, 6, 40, 15 reps on the bench, 28 and a half vertical. I do not have Kareem Hunt's numbers so, next uh, to me. Weighted in, I believe, 222 pounds as well. He's a big boy. Big guy. Yeah, big guy. Definitely has NFL size. In 2018, he had 1,216 rushing yards in college. Mm-hmm. He also caught 71 passes for 582 yards and zero touchdowns in college for his career. Uh, he played four years? Or what did he three. Do? Three years. And okay. he didn't even start as a freshman. He really only got the bell count work as a second or third year. Okay. So he's capable of cashing the ball. He's not the best at it. Yeah. I'm not sitting here saying he's Tariq Cohen any way in the back, coming out of the backfield. No, but it's... David Montgomery can catch a decent amount of passes. He's not great, but he's capable. He's not Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> in 2018, he had seven separate games in which he ran for over 100 yards. And for the season, he averaged over 100 yards per game. This is the model of consistency. I think the Bears' defense is going to allow for a positive game flow for David Montgomery. The lack of elite weapons on the outside is going to require an elite running game for the Bears' offense to take the next step that I think they could. Mm-hmm. And not only did the Bears prioritize drafting David Montgomery, yeah. the Bears, after trading all of those picks for Khalil Mack, also traded up to get David Montgomery. This was not... Oh, let's get this guy and let Mike Davis beat him out. They signed Mike Davis in case they didn't get David Montgomery. Mike Davis is not here to hurt David Montgomery. In fact, I predict almost 100% of these 250 attempts that Jordan that Jordan Howard vacated is going to go to David Montgomery. Oh, wow. I don't project that at all. Mike Davis will maybe get 16 games. Mike Davis will maybe get 60 games. Maybe. That's how elite of a talent I think David Montgomery is. Mike Davis... All right, this is a comparison I'll use for this. Okay. The Raiders signed Isaiah Crowell. You're starting to lose me. The Raiders signed Isaiah Crowell. Yes. Does Josh Jacobs lose any work to Isaiah Crowell? No. This is what the NFL... This is what teams in the NFL do. The um, Saints did also with Latavius Murray, except they didn't draft one. It was more of an insurance policy. Yeah. NFL teams bring in veteran running backs at cheap prices before the NFL draft, in case they didn't, they don't get the guy at the price they want in the NFL draft. Yeah. The Rams signed Malcolm Brown. In case they didn't get the Daryl Henderson. If I could just point out what I think is different in the situation, um, 
I'm not sure how much you have left to say about Montgomery, but... No, I'm pretty much done. Okay, well, if you mind me working into mine, then. Uh, the difference, uh, I take, I don't take exception, because that would imply, like, I'm angry about it. I'm just, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I only get angry during the season when guys get hurt and things of that nature. Um, when you talk about the Josh Jacobs and Isaiah Crowell as compared to Mike Davis and, um, and Montgomery, uh... The difference is that, at least in my scouting, so what I got out of Montgomery overall, uh, he reminds me very much of like a Carlos Hyde, is what I got out of him, okay? Absolutely. So, he wasn't really asked to do much out of the backfield in college, but I don't think he's incapable. So I'm going to put that right off the bat, but I don't think he's an elite talent. Josh Jacobs is an elite talent at the running back position. We're talking power back with speed, explosiveness. He's faster than Montgomery. He's stronger than Montgomery. I think we're talking about two different animals there. So we'll start with that. Uh, Montgomery overall, uh, I just don't think he has the breakaway speed. Uh, but he, he hit the hole nicely. Here's the thing, though, with Mike Davis. That I don't think you're giving enough credit as to what he could take away from David Montgomery. Yes, I just picked my nose. Mike Davis was signed to... A two-year, $6 million deal, and that was after they released Jordan Howard. Mind you, that's more than they would have had to pay Jordan Howard. So they thought Mike Davis was more worth those dollars than Jordan Howard. How much guaranteed money? Per year? I mean, right here I don't have it in front of my face, but I recall I'm, I was reading an article. Specifically, it was just more money to Mike Davis, guaranteed, than would have been to Jordan Howard. So they thought the money was better put there. And Charles London, the running back coach of the Bears, when asked about Mike Davis... So called him physical, said he had great hands, he's smart, good in pass protection, all-around versatile back, said he was going to be a tremendous asset. Sure, there's coach speak, but I think they really liked him. Mike Davis was excellent last year, in my opinion. Uh, if people forgot, he did have 514 rushing yards, he did have 34 receptions, so he proved he was able to do those types of things. Um, so let's assume Cohen had like 100 carries last year. Let's assume he gets 90 this year. All right? Okay. At that point, there was 360 carries last year. That leaves 270 carries, assuming they don't throw the ball any more than they did last year. There's also the possibility that they decide to up his workload a little bit. Mitchell Trubisky, I'm speaking of, obviously. But let's say there's 270 carries that aren't Tariq Cohen's, right? Tariq Cohen will not get anywhere near 20% of that. That aren't his. Well, I'm saying 360, he got 100 last year. I'm actually taking 10 away, so let's say he got 90. Let's say he got 90 carries this year. Okay. Okay. That leaves 270 between Montgomery and Davis. My problem with that, uh, let's say Montgomery gets like 200 of them, of the 270. I think Mike Davis is still going to be good for 70 if it was 270 there. I still think he's good for that. I do. It's, 70 carries for Montgomery? Yeah, so I think, well, okay, so, so if it was 270, let's say Montgomery got 200, that would be around 12 and a half carries a game to Mike Davis's four and a half. That's right. Okay, so it's like a three to one, three to one carry ratio, let's say. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think that's fair. I think it's a it's a fair thing to expect. I think Davis could, I mean, again, this is why I said before, we're having the conversation about two or three weeks too early, because this whole thing could change come training camp, come preseason. But as of today, I think Mike Davis is a very serious threat to every one of David Montgomery's touches. Mike Davis is still very young. People forget he's 25, 26 years old. He still has some years left and just had a huge year. Obviously not statistically, but if he had had as many opportunities and the consistency starting, he would have been great. Averaging 4.6 yards per carry. Remember last year now, Jordan Howard averaged 3.6. But let's say that 200 carries for Montgomery, right? Let's give him 4.5 yards per carry. Uh, the Bears averaged 4.1 as a team last year. So I'm actually giving him more, right? More than they were able to do last year. With that, 
uh, he would end with 900 rushing yards and touchdowns that come with that. And let's say maybe he gets 30 receptions, 200 yards. Looking around the league, that seems something that was maybe reasonable for him. And again, I think that's uh, still kind of generous given that Mike Davis is a pass catcher and Tariq Collins is a pass catcher. So if that happens, that does give him 194 points on the season. That's not including bonuses or anything of that nature. That puts him inside the top 20 last year. Yeah. Okay? He's getting drafted in the fifth or sixth round. That makes him a good value there. That being said, what I view is more likely is that you have closer to a 50-50 split. Remember what happened in Philly last year was a disaster for owners, and this could still be much better for Davis and Montgomery. Let's say Montgomery gets 160 carries, and um, and Mike Davis, let's say, gets uh, was that 110 at that point. You have 720 rushing yards, and you know, let's say seven touchdowns, 25 receptions, 170 receiving yards. I'm kind of just vaguely filling in some numbers here. Even then, 156 points. Jordan Howard had 160 last year, so take that as you may. Still puts him in the top 20 running backs. So, do I think he's technically? It depends on what you think the question means. The back to own in Chicago, in the sense of a breakout. I don't view a lot of people are looking at a huge statistical breakout. I don't see it as likely. What I view as likely is probably in uh, the seven, eight hundred yard range, things of that nature. I think I'll still put him in the top twenty-four. I think he has a very, very good chance of finishing inside the top twenty-four. Worst case scenario, though, I think he could be a guy that only finishes with maybe five hundred rushing yards, things like that. If everything goes Mike Davis's way, that's if, right? I, I still I'm giving him the credit on that talent again. This could change right out of the preseason, right out of the first game, training camp reports, so on and so forth. But as of today, I do think he's worth the pick. I'm not ready to say he's the back to own, but I do think he's worth the pick. That's fair. No, that's totally fair because um, I don't know. We obviously have different. Um, we obviously evaluate the talent, talent a little differently. Yeah, I don't view him as an elite talent at all. I don't really. I don't think that the next thing is that I don't see what he brings to the offense that's particularly different than Jordan Howard. But he does move a little faster than Howard does in between the tackles. He's also better at catching the ball than Jordan Howard. Yeah, but they have two pass catchers, so I'm just not sure that they're going to prefer him in that role as compared to Cohen, who's obviously proven and Mike Davis a great pass blocker and catcher out of the backfield, did very well in that role for Seattle last year. I think in terms of those reps, Montgomery's third in line. So I I think realistically, if he's the break guy, he's going to have to do it on the ground and then force himself into those pass situations from the reps that he's getting from being a beast on the ground. I'm not sure he has enough talent to run away with it. I'm not sure. I don't think so. That's fair. But again, I think great chance of finishing inside the top 24, so I still think he's worth that pick as long as he stays there. I'm assuming after the preseason he'll probably be maybe a third or fourth round pick even. Uh, I could see him getting as high as the And third. I I can't do it in the third. There's no way. Unless he shows something that I didn't see in college in the preseason, if they just say he's going if they just name him the starter and I see the same things I saw out of him in college, I'm going to still assume that what I'm saying here with Davis taking those carries is correct. Mm, interesting. Yes. Because I'm of the opinion, this is my, first, my, my prediction for the year, David Montgomery will have very similar numbers that you were saying as like a, like a reasonable ceiling, 900 rushing yards, 1,000 rushing yards, maybe 30 catches. Well, if we agree yards. that's a ceiling, that's fine. I'm seeing a lot of this. But that's uh, David Johnson from last year, bro. Yeah, but that wasn't, that wasn't that good. And he, he and he was not going to yes. yeah, but he's not going to do what David Johnson did out of the backfield. We don't compare him to David Johnson. No, hold on. Thirty catches, a couple hundred yards, a thousand rushing yards. I mean, it's almost the same ballpark. What did David Johnson have last year? Thirteen hundred scrimmage. Yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, but was that four hundred receiving yards? He had about nine hundred rushing. Had, I don't. I don't. So I don't think Montgomery has any chance of breaking like two fifty receiving. That would be miraculous. No, if he but I think he has a chance of breaking two two hundred two fifty and thousand yards. I I disagree. I don't think he has any chance of breaking two fifty. Two hundred, I think, would be real nice if he pulled that off. I'm not gonna lie. I think it'd be nice if he pulled off two hundred out of the backfield. Uh, but again, we we agree. But if we agree that that's his ceiling. We both agree then that maybe everyone's just a little too excited about David Montgomery. Can we can we agree there? The because I'm seeing out. a lot of I'm seeing a lot of rookie of the year running back over a thousand yards type predictions. I don't see possible. it. Absolutely possible. Don't see it. I, I, his ceiling, like okay, when I when I talk about a player's ceiling, yeah, there's a practical ceiling, and then there's this like un- unreasonable ceiling. David yes. Montgomery's unreasonable ceiling is like just break out like Kareem Hunt. I think it's possible. Oh no, no, he's not that. The pair of the lines make that. He's not that. Good. Uh, I think maybe we should move on from that. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm talking about Mike Williams, uh, if he's going to break out this year. Uh, I think there's a there's a couple of things, there's a couple of questions you have to ask yourself, and this is probably preference. Uh, with Tyrell Williams gone and Hunter Henry returning, uh, number one, or how many targets? Is that how you word that? How many targets? How many targets is Hunter Henry taking, right? So I believe he had 50-something in his first year where he wasn't starting, and then in the second year where he really took over as kind of their real main tight end with Gates still there, he had about 60-something. I think it's reasonable if he stays healthy the whole year to expect 80 to 100 targets now. And there's upside for more, uh, but I think it's safe that 80 would be a minimum for him if he plays a full season, right? Uh, Melvin Gordon going to hold out? If Melvin Gordon holds out, let me just put there, I don't, I don't have a problem with Mike Williams' talent. If Melvin Gordon holds out, he'll definitely return on the draft value. But if Melvin Gordon sticks around, I think we have potential for a letdown. I do think we have potential for a letdown. Uh, a lot of people, I think, when they think of Philip Rivers, they really think of quarterbacks throwing the football a lot, right? They always think of that type of deal. It's worth noting that every year since 2015, they've, they've made an effort, a concerted effort, to lower his attempts all the way down to 508 last year. The year before, he had 575, 578, and then 661 in 2015. So in his old age, they're trying to you know just bring it down a little bit, as you should for an aging quarterback, especially one who... Uh, isn't as physically dominant as, as some other quarterbacks. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you obviously have Keenan Allen's going to be taking the targets, as per usual. Uh, if I could just find those numbers really fast. Let's see where Keenan Allen is at. Okay, so Keenan Allen, basically every year of his career, has demanded him. Let's start in 2014. Uh, he had 121 targets. Before the injury in 2015, he was on pace for 178 targets. Uh, he got hurt the next year, then 159, 136. Right, so we could expect Keenan Allen most likely to have. Can we agree on 120 targets? Absolutely. More 130. Yeah. Right. Something to that effect. Uh, and then now you have you have to think you have Hunter Henry. Right. Uh, is Travis Benjamin going to be involved? Uh, Melvin Gordon, if they sign him, or if he ma- if he decides to to not hold out for the season and just maybe just not do training camp, just right. to send the message. So let's say Melvin Gordon plays. So now you have Austin Eckler. You have Melvin Gordon. Travis Benjamin, I think people are forgetting about. I think he's going to be involved in the offense. I'm not sure what it means for fantasy, but it means something for Mike Williams. Uh, so let's say all these pieces that I've mentioned that aren't Mike Williams round out to about 380 targets, right? It's a fair number. If you go look at the numbers from last year, 380 is a very fair number to assume they're going to demand. That leaves anywhere from 120 to 150 targets for the rest of the team. Right, uh, which is mostly Mike Williams, I will say. But this is now assuming, just because we don't know the names of anyone, there's always every year we don't know the names of people, someone is going to demand some targets. 
there's going to be a fourth receiver. Virgil, do they still have Virgil Green? They do still have they, 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 touchdowns? Well, yeah, okay, so let's say Virgil Green gets 30 targets, right? So let's say it's 150. Now you have 120 uh, between receiver, between the rest of the receivers and fullbacks. Is that another 30 targets? Maybe Virgil gets 30 targets, but I'll give you that. Like maybe that's I believe he had over 30 last yeah. year. I may be mistaken, okay? So everyone's seeing all of this big... I think Mike Williams getting into these upper echelon receivers this year, I don't think it's likely if Melvin Gordon's on the field. He's not a different story. But Melvin Gordon's on the field. He demands a lot. He demands a lot of touches, changes the offense. Probably going to take about 40 to 50 attempts away from Rivers, quite frankly. If he holds out, Rivers might go to 450, 560 again, which yeah. case go for Mike Williams. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I just think... Uh, what's really more likely for Mike Williams is that um, you look at maybe 100 targets. If he keeps his pace from last year, that puts him uh, between 900 and 1,000 yards. And he had 10 touchdowns. Uh, Rivers threw 30 last year, 32. Uh, so if you think he could keep up a third of the touchdowns, that's on you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he may be able to. He may not be able to. Um, touchdowns are very hard to predict. I don't like breaking yeah, so exactly, but you know, there's guys. He's definitely a great red zone threat. Uh, so, will Mike Williams break out in 2019? My answer to that question, which I should have said from the start, is no. I don't think he will. I don't think that, um, given Melvin Gordon's on the field, that there's just enough to go around for him to really take the next big step. But where he's getting drafted again, fifth, sixth round, maybe even seventh, depending on who you're playing with, I think he should return on that. Yeah, um, I've seen Mike Williams go as high as the fifth rounds. I've actually taken Mike Williams in Dynasty League in the fifth rounds. Melvin Gordon playing? I can't do that. You're right. You see, I'm of the opinion Mike Williams will be a breakout player. Okay. I think Tyrell Williams leaving opens up plenty of like, opportunities for Mike Williams to break out and just overall be on the field more. Tyrell Williams played 33.3 of the available snaps on first down for the Los Angeles Chargers last season. Also, a first down stat, by the way, Mike Williams... Caught eighty-five percent of his passes on first down last it's year. It's weird he wasn't on the field as much, which is the most in the NFL. That's actually ridiculous because he also he was a, he was a chain mover, man. Like he's just one of those guys that like he's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. One on one, it's weird because he only played twenty-three point nine percent of his um of the Chargers' available snaps on first down. Only twenty-three point nine percent. They went a lot of two receiver sets, heavy sets with Mike Williams too. Yeah, with um Tyrell Williams and Melvin Gordon. I think just overall Mike Williams will be on the field more. I think his 66 targets in 2018, as well as Tyrell Williams leaving vacating over 60 targets, as well as five touchdowns. I know touchdowns are hard to predict going forward, but I think the, the touchdown share with the tight ends do you, I mean, do you think is get more than, do you think so much get, more. Do you think he can get more than 10? If, he's, if he establishes himself as a go-to guy, and that connection with Rivers takes another step in the third year, but receivers is totally possible. Yeah, third, no, no, third no, no. year, yeah, third year leap. I love third year leap on receivers. I'm huge on it. Like I, I think the timing of this works out very well. I think there's a reason they let Tyrell Williams walk is because they really want to see Mike Williams evolve into this next phase of his career. Yeah, but there's also the possibility that there's so much going on with Hunter Henry and all the other members of that team that he doesn't see those targets. And remember George Kittle, and a lot of people do think Hunter Henry. Remember, I, I, going I was, into last year, a lot guy. of people are on that talent. George Kittle demanded 136 targets last year in San Francisco. I'm not saying Henry does that, but it's not out of the question that he would have more targets than a Mike Williams now. And then Mike Williams could even be third. And if Melvin Gordon plays, God forbid, fourth I don't think Melvin targets. Gordon's going to see 80 targets again. I don't think he's going to be doing that. Possible. It's possible. possible. He's a great receiver I, out of the backfield. If I, if I had to bet, like, $100 right now, 
I'm not, I'm, I can't gamble too much. I got those. Yeah, but no, if, I, if, I were, if I were to put $100 on Mike Williams or Hunter Henry or, or and on Melvin Gordon having more targets, I put my money on Mike Williams over Melvin Gordon on targets. Targets. Only targets. Show, no, show what I am. I'm just talking about a worst-case scenario. And uh, I'm talking about a worst-case scenario, pretty much. No, absolutely. Yeah. You, should. you should. You should consider the worst-case scenario. I like to look more on the upside with Mike Williams because I think his talent justifies it. Certain players, you have to look at the floor, and I think Mike Williams' talent, I lean more to the upside. But I respect, I respect your opinion. Well, barring an injury, I don't think he has the potential to work himself past. I, I think you're pretty much drafting him at where he could finish this year. Like That's my thing, is that without an injury, that being said, that is a big if with Keenan Allen on the roster. Now. I ain't trying to spend. Uh, although Keenan Allen, you know, one or two more years, he can basically prove to stay healthy. But uh, and Travis Benjamin at that, but he won't demand too many. Targets. And Mike Williams, and Mike Williams, yeah. The Chargers, quite frankly, the Chargers are terrible with, yeah. as far as injuries go. And uh, on top of that, their secondary always gets injured. So those are the guys they're versing in practice. Well, here's my thing. Yeah, Hunter Henry. I think the concerns about that, mm-hmm. that all the competition for targets in the Chargers are slightly overblown. Hunter Henry, when he was healthy, had 62 targets in 2017 which was the last time Hunter Henry was healthy. Don't forget that Antonio Gates also had 52 targets in that span in relief with those final three games with Hunter Henry trying to make a playoff push. Excuse me as I get water while you're talking, but continue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so the, the torch had finally been passed from Antonio Gates to Hunter Henry. Antonio yeah. Gates was on the backswing of his career. He wasn't getting consistent targets, and Hunter Henry... Clearly taken over. The only reason Antonio Gates even hit that 52-target number was because he came in in relief on Hunter Henry. I expect Hunter Henry to have at least 62 targets in 2019. I'm not saying Hunter Henry can't push 80 to 100 target upside either. But I think Antonio Gates' 45 vacated targets and Tyrell Williams' 65 vacated targets. Let's not forget Antonio Gates had 45 and Virgil Green had whatever he had. Yeah. Like, that's at least 50-plus targets being vacated by the Chargers tight end group also without Hunter Henry. So you've got to assume, in terms of target share, Hunter Henry maybe gets 25 more targets than Antonio Gates. That's supposed to be 70, 80. I think that's fair. Out of that 80 to 100. In fact, no, I'll, I'll even give it a little bit more. I'll even give Hunter Henry 100 targets. Okay. So out of that 80 to 100 target... Oh, wait, where is it? Where's that number? There's that here. So out of that, what's 65 plus 42? Some good-looking good notes you have there, my friend. So 65 plus, 40, plus 45, that's uh, 110. That's 110 targets vacated of Chargers. Okay. Hunter Henry, Tyrell Williams, I think that could be potentially a 50-50 split. Yeah, but, then, but then you have to, again, assume that there's a fourth receiver that gets maybe 25 targets, right? I'm talking about the bulk, of, I'm talking about the bulk of it. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. But when you talk, but it's the difference. But it's the difference between a breakout and a progression. That's my point. Is the difference between him breaking out and What's him just getting better? Yards and ten touchdowns. Uh, depends. Depends who you ask. That's why I don't think he has any chance to finish inside the top twelve, top fifteen. I think he has zero chance. Ooh, without see, an injury, I think that's where you're hundred percent wrong. Oh, without injury, he has zero chance. Nearly, 100%. nearly impossible for two receivers to do that. Unless you're telling me that he would do it, and Keenan Allen wouldn't. So if you're telling me, why is that? I, that I mean. Oh, oh, it's oh. very possible that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen could do it because it's the Chargers. Oh, that is blasphemous. To say Philip Rivers couldn't just because the Chargers just decided to do something a little different this season. 
just in case they decide to come out firing a little bit. So more. you're suggesting that the upside here is similar to like a uh, Jordy Nelson and a Randall Cobb back when that year happened with uh, this Aaron Rodgers. I think this upside is very, very easily comparable to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, which I think could also be two wide receiver ones on the same team. Yeah, no, no, no. But what I'm saying, I'm talking about people who have actually done that. Not, not, not projection. I'm talking about people who have actually absolutely, done absolutely, it. absolutely. You have like these Marvin Harrison, that. Reggie Wayne. These, these two guys can do that. Oh my! Mike Williams is that talented. Roddy White, Julio Jones. Yes. You think this is where this is at? I think this could be. I think that's the upside. I think that's the potential for it. To sit here and just rule it out because some guys who aren't as talented as Mike Williams might take away that opportunity is honestly, I don't go. I don't. I don't do that with fantasy football. I, I trust the eye test a little bit, man. Mike Williams. I trust the eye. Is a physical. No, hold on. Mike Williams is a physical specimen. Yeah. Mike Williams was a top ten pick in the NFL draft. Mike Williams is finally healthy. Mike Williams just played a full season healthy, and what did he do? In the biggest, brightest lights, he showed up. When the Chargers were playing for home field advantage and trying to win their division versus the Kansas City Chiefs, which would have totally changed everything about the NFL playoffs as we knew it. Yes. And the Chargers won that division from the Chiefs. What did Mike Williams do? You tell me. He fucking balled out, man. He had three touchdowns and nearly 100 yards. He was a bad man in that game. And who went down? He did out. I understand there is that it's always like that for young receivers. They need an opportunity. The Chargers let a known commodity about to enter his prime walk for the sake of giving Mike Williams his opportunity. There's no way they don't see that. There's no way they don't see what Mike Williams could be. I don't care that Travis Benjamin and Virgil Green can take away that target. Because I think Mike Williams is too goddamn good of a talent to allow that to go on for him to not be fantasy relevant. You're talking standard? I think this guy's at least top 15. At he least? Was, at least. He was at 20 least? last year. He was 20 last year as number three. At least? At least, yes. He was number three last year. He was number 20 last year as a wide receiver three. The man started five games. This guy's going to start 16 games if he's, if he's healthy for that time. Mike Williams, I don't care how many targets should go to other people. Mike Williams, because Mike Williams is going to take some Keenan Allen too. Why are we all? Why are we immediately my, ruling out the fact that Mike Williams isn't going to challenge Keenan Allen as the number one wide receiver on the Chargers? Because Keenan Allen, Allen is one of the best wide receivers in football. So is Mike Williams in terms of talent. It just hasn't happened yet. So is Mike Williams' talent. It just hasn't happened yet. Oh my! Keenan Allen's story might go down the, next the, year. But the well, okay. Well, this is so. If you told me the rapport with Rivers and Allen, bless me. So if you the told rapport me, isn't building with Williams. I didn't say he's not building, but I, I, I you're don't. talking. A, you're t- uh, enough to get him like 100 targets, 90 targets. 120, so, I don't think he's getting 120. No way he gets 120, 30. I would put money that's, that he doesn't get 120 or 130. That's a ceiling, but Regardless, Keenan Allen, if you told me, okay, so if you told me today, mind you, I don't want to draft anyone based on the fact that someone else gets injured, unless it's like a handcuff running back later in the draft. If you told me today that Keenan Allen was going to get injured in like the first month and a half, sure, I'll give you that. But if you give me 12 games of Keenan Allen, 13 games of Keenan Allen, you're not getting a breakout out of Mike Williams. Of the level of 1,200 yards, 1,100 yards, you're not getting it. I don't think you're getting it. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing – we've both set our case. So that's what it is. I, th- I think it's blessed if you don't think he's talented enough to do that. And ta- and ta- no, 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 no. I do. I do. If, uh, yeah, I get it. Six, listen to what I'm saying. If you told me that I, I think it's disrespectful that you don't think Mike Williams could at least if Mike I, well, Williams I think has a, if Mike Williams starts to show signs of early in the season, it would be 
absolutely foolish of the Chargers to not... But you're disrespecting Keenan Allen. I'm not disrespecting Keenan Allen. I'm not. Keenan Allen can still have easily wide receiver one target share and lose 20 to Mike Williams. Just because Mike Williams is starting to break out. That's totally possible. It's only a little over one a game. And losing but you'll 20 see to Mike that Williams. In the consistency. You'll see that in Mike Williams with his game spot, his game splits. You'll see that week to week a lot more. And the problem with Mike Williams isn't the upside. That was never the problem last year. The problem was his floor in PPR. It was downright not existing. It could have, it was Derrick Henry bad. With Tyrell Williams gone, Hunter Henry gonna take away some targets. It's gonna happen. But Mike Williams is the second most talented playmaker well, on the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, okay, well I need to see some consistency third, third, because third, you third, have third, third, third. I'm gonna phrase what I said and say he's the third most talented. Fine, call yourself. Call yourself. Listen, the multi. So he had the three touchdown game. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he have two games where he had two touchdowns? Yeah. We're, we're talking three games. This is an argument you made for Derrick Henry. With a lot of your production coming in a small a amount receiver, of games. He's a receiver, this is seven though. touchdowns, let's say. I'm not sure if he had the second two touchdown games. Well, one's a rushing touchdown. Uh, well, the nonsense of that. That's the next it's, thing. It's, it's versatility. It's versatility. No rushing touchdowns this year. No rushing touchdowns this year for him. And that is all. Like that Offensive is Offensive. that that is that is point blank period zero rushing touchdowns for Mike Williams in 2019. You can basically just forget it even happened. So what can we expect from David Johnson? Uh, I think it comes down to two things. Uh, I think it basically splits off into two questions. If you combine these two questions, it makes the David Johnson question. What can you expect out of the Cardinals' offensive line? What can you expect out of Kyler Murray? I think when you put those things together, you get what you can expect out of David Johnson this year. Uh, The real problem is the line, right? So they had Josh Rosen last year. Can't get any worse. Cannot get any worse than what was going on there last year, I don't think. Right? Kyler Murray, we like Kyler Murray better than Josh Rosen overall, at least at least with a bad offensive line. We assume that he could work that situation better because he's mobile, can throw on the run, and is ready is, is ready to play. I don't I don't know what Josh Rosen was doing last year, uh, but that was what it was. Uh, just as like a, a side note, last year the Cardinals were dead last in yards per carry last year at 3.8. It's dead last in the league, and they were in the bottom five, I believe, uh, fifth worst as far as sacks allowed. That's 52 on Rosen. Uh, that being said, Rosen definitely attributed to that number himself by not being able to go through the reads properly, things of that nature. Uh, but regardless, they do have to get the stuff on the line um, figured out. Uh, David Johnson was good last year, obviously. Uh, anyone who drafted him where they drafted him wasn't happy with it. But overall, maybe if you bought low on him at some point, if someone was just angry trying to get rid of him, maybe you were okay with David Johnson. But no matter how you look at it, you were disappointed in David Johnson last year. Um, could we all admit about because there's a lot of excitement around David Johnson. Can we all admit that we don't actually know what Cliff Kingsbury brings to the team? Can we admit that? Or are we going to pretend that we do? Are we going to pretend that we know? Because all it is is us looking at a young coach that's an offensive mind that has a good resume offensively with, with respect throughout the league, and we're just comparing him to Sean McVay. But we don't know what Cliff Kingsbury is bringing to this offense. That being said... I'm going to add on to the Sean McVay thing there just because, you know, just in case. You know what I'm saying? It is worth noting that when Sean McVay took over for a bum coach, Todd Gurley was coming off of a year where he averaged 3.2 yards per carry, and people were saying he wasn't good at football, quite frankly, myself included. So uh, that is what it is. Um, What did he do the year after that? 
Well, he had 1,300 rushing yards and nearly 800 receiving yards the second McVay took over. Yeah. That's because when you take coaches like Jeff Fisher and turn them into Sean McVay, or in this case the conversation we might be having next year is when you take coaches like Steve Wilkes and turn them into guys like Cliff Kingsbury, that's the new trend in the NFL, these young offensive minds, uh, it could turn into big things. But we don't know. And the line was incredible for the Rams, mind you, in that second year as well. Uh, Todd Gurley was in a situation where he was uh, the Rams' offensive line, I think, was averaging around two yards before contact, uh, which was uh, one yard, I think, higher than the second team. Yeah, no, it was really, uh, so really he was five. he was getting a lot of help from the line help that I'm not sure Johnson gets this year. Uh, but uh, the quarterback's very versatile, and uh, the running uh, Kyler Murray running the ball should probably free up receiving stuff for David Johnson. Maybe even free up a little read option. Who knows what they're going to do there? Again, Cliff Kingsbury, young mind. So we're definitely going to see things that we didn't see from Wilkes and other coaches. But we don't know what to expect from Kingsbury. If you say you do. I just think you're being disingenuous, I'm going to be honest. What we do know about Cliff Kingsbury is that Cliff Kingsbury is going to bring in the air raid offense from college ranks to the NFL. It just is exactly how it's going to be. They're going to be we're going to be looking at a lot of four wide receiver sets, no tight ends and a running back. We're going to be looking at a lot of five wide receiver sets blank. Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking at all kinds of different shit. You think Johnson, though... You'd, you'd assume, based off what they say, that he's going to be a part of those sets. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, okay, so... Yes. That, I think that helps him, because I think his greatest value, is as good as he is running the ball as well, is as a receiver. Personally. Yeah. I've got, no, 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 no. Here's the thing with the air raid offense. Um, I'm going to make a comparison going through the uh, Cliff Kingsbury coaching trade, a little research here. Okay. Cliff Kingsbury is a disciple of Mike Leach. Okay. Mike Leach was pretty much the inventor of the air raid. Not the inventor. I mean, I'm not exactly familiar with the history of football in that regard. But Mike Leach is really one of the hallmark air raid college coaches in all of history. Back with Graham Carroll. Graham Harrell. I was about to say Graham Carroll. Kingsbury actually played quarterback for Mike Leach. Yeah. And Mike Leach, more than once, he's winning as a coach. And now, like 10, 15 years later, this guy's an NFL head coach. Um, obviously, it's a little unfair to compare what Mike Leach did with a team that Cliff Kingsbury was not a part of the coaching room with. Yeah. And to kind of compare it, but it is the same offense. It is the same structure of football. Washington State in 2017, which is the current team that Mike Leach is the head coach of. Yeah. Had their running backs catch 145 passes in 13 games to the college level. That is unheard of. That is what, like... Little Wolf it's any game out of your running backs. David Johnson starts doing that forget forget PPR. This guy is Christian McCaffrey on steroids. And Christian McCaffrey might be Christian McCaffrey on steroids this year, but that's you see this is the thing. And then David Johnson under group had the highest average depth of target for a running back. Like that's really impressive when you consider the fact that he had a co- coach that was willing to utilize his error. His ability to dominate in the passing game. Yeah. You see his depth. You see his depth of target being one of the highest. You see him hopefully doing more than running between the tackles on a horrible offensive line and running for three point six yards per carry on two hundred fifty attempts. David Johnson was top five in attempts, but he had less than a thousand yards and he had ten all-purpose touchdowns. Not a fan. Do not like that one bit. And 
I mean, that was a product of a horrible offense, though. Oh, my God. Right? It's so, not even just Josh Rosen's fault. That uh, offensive line was absolutely putrid. That offensive line was able to do absolutely no favors for anybody on that team. The now, only offensive line that was even remotely similar, and then everybody else was, like, a miles away better, was the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and here's what I can say about because the bad line is going to be something that follows no matter what. It's like the one thing you could get all the fancy skill positions, this, that, the next thing. But the one thing that's going to show up no matter what is a pass rush if your line sucks or a congestion if your line sucks blocking. Um, I think the best thing that, uh, that hopefuls for Johnson can hope for uh, would just be that a lot of it had to do with uh, just, you know, predictability. You know, everyone knew they could rush Rosen. There was a lot of flaws in that offense last year. The same way that Rosen didn't get help from the line, the line didn't get help from Rosen, and quite frankly, their limitations of things they were able to call last year. So I think they'll be better last than they were last year, but when you're dead last in yards per carry and allowed 52 sacks, it's more than just Josh Rosen, and um, it is it is something to keep an eye on. Obviously, at the start of the season, because yeah. uh, if you are drafting David Johnson inside of the top seven, top eight, there's possibility that he doesn't return on it. There's a there's first running back. Well, yeah, but I mean, sure. But the difference now between seven and twelve, uh, I mean, how much does that mean to you? I guess if you want him, you want him. But there is still possibility that it takes an extra year again because Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff who. You know what I'm saying? We don't really, really know. So uh, I think it's foolish to assume that they take the McVay-type leap offensively, uh, which means you'd have to assume he doesn't take a Gurley-type leap offensively. And uh, from there, you're in a range where I think he's just mixed in. Like I think So I, think, I still think he's kind of mixed in right now. I think he's better than James Conner. I think he's better than Joe Mixon. I think he's better than Melvin Gordon. Uh, and again, assuming Melvin Gordon plays, I still think he's mixed into that group of guys. I'm not exactly 100% sure that he's going to be the one to rise out of that group and make it a, a concrete top five instead of a concrete top four. I, anyone, I think, expecting that, uh, I, I think you're wrong. I, I, I think in PPR, he will 100% be top five. Uh, I, I think he has a better chance than most, but I, I, I can't... Le'Veon Bell is the only other person I think in PPR when, when I consider the amount of absolute sheer volume that I think those guys will receive in P- with full PPR. I think half PPR, David Johnson is bottom bottom 10, maybe 12 running back. And half PPR instead. But I think in full PPR, we're looking at potentially Christian McCaffrey upside. Uh, so what are the odds that you would say that he finishes, let's say, in like the top three? Um... Honestly, that depends on what you think of Kyler Murray. I happen to think Kyler Murray is good enough to assist in a rookie running back, and like a, as a rookie quarterback, to allow for an elite running back. Because don't forget, this guy's going to have to rely on that running game a little bit. And yeah. they did somewhat address the offensive line, bringing in uh, Marcus Cannon from the Steelers. Marcus Gilbert, I think his name is. The, the, the tackle. Marcus. Marcus the lineman. Yes. Marcus the lineman. And good players. No, but the Cardinals did do something for their offensive line. They brought in Justin Pugh, who I'm just tired of discussing, getting jobs to start at left guard for somebody. Uh-huh. And they drafted a couple of guys. I'm not saying that David Johnson can't finish outside of the top 10 in PPR because I think it's possible with the way that offensive line plays, anything's possible. Yeah. But 
If I had to put my money on anything, I'm putting it on Gabe Johnson being a top five, top six guy. I drafted him as such in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm just. I guess I'm just a little nervous about the offense overall. I'm just not sold like the next person. Uh, what's good for him though? He might be the second best receiver on the team. Yeah, very possible. Uh, obviously, they have the young guys. They drafted Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella. Uh, it's a possibility that he might be more effective than Christian Kirk this year uh, as a receiver. Uh, in fact, I could I could see that. I can't see that. Not Christian Kirk. Everybody else, yeah. Potentially Christian Kirk. I love Christian Kirk, but David Johnson. He's very, very, very good. No, very, I, I very think good. Christian Kirk's actually getting me breakout this year. Uh, yeah, well, no, no. I mean, I like Christian Kirk where he's getting drafted. I, I think you really can't go wrong, but it, there's still the possibility. David Johnson's still a better weapon for the offense is really my point at the end of the day. And uh, quite frankly, he's probably the best weapon on the offense, right? We take him over Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I'd take Christian Kirk over another show. I was talking about... <gasps> I would, yeah. I was talking about David Johnson. You take Christian Kirk over Larry Fitzgerald? Yeah. Oh, Lord, the nonsense. That is nonsense. Nah. That is nonsense. We should discuss that next week. That is nonsense. Tyler Murray, Christian Kirk are boys going all the way back is before college. Nonsense. There's going to be natural chemistry with Christian Kirk That is nonsense. Murray. Natural chemistry. Wow. And yes, David Johnson is by default better than Christian Kirk. Well, okay. Uh, did we did we answer that question? Are we good on on David Johnson? Yeah, David Johnson. I think we both agree he's RB one. Okay, with the four for a second of us. We can get to Christian if he Kirk didn't know when he comes out. So I was about to, that liar for Sheld. That is blasphemous. That's absurd. I, I just have nothing else to say. I'll have something to say next week. Maybe we can, maybe we can tackle that next week. That that is unbelievable that you just said that. Completely out of left field. Right field, I don't know what the saying this is. This is a fantasy football, not baseball. I would definitely take Christian Kirk. If they're being drafted in the same spot? No, or, I don't have to. I don't have to. Look, I, I, I'm fairly certain that guy's Christian Kirk anyway, so I'm just going to wait. You'd be better than Larry Fitzgerald this year? Yeah. Oh. And on that note, Christian Kirk's a bad boy. Larry Fitzgerald, bad. Larry. Ooh. All right. I'm Justin. This is Jimmy right here. We are Fantasy Funko Football. As per usual, we're going to have the Instagram handle. I mean, you'll see it. I'm saying it, but it's just on the screen. Uh, is there anything else you want to add to the end of this episode real fast? Or not at all? Nah, nah, nah I think we covered everything. All right, cool. Uh, if you guys are interested, obviously shoot some comments. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to answer questions that you guys want to hear as compared to guessing. Uh, but... I think we do a good job of tackling the ones that we uh, yeah, no, that we bring up. Yeah, I, I put some thought into the questions that we ask every week. I always make oh, absolutely. Sure that I always These are mock stuff. this is the majority of what we talk about, right? So it's not just in front of this camera. It's no, 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 no. I'll probably go outside, smoke a bowl, and I'll probably text you about fantasy a little bit. Yeah, usually, that's usually it. Well, on that note, maybe I'm going to come outside and smoke a bowl with you. So I'll see you later, guys. guys. We are going to go smoke a bowl. Have a good night. Yeah. Oh,